Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. How are you, Trimby? I'm great, Baz. Good. Just great. Yeah, me too. Yeah, getting into the Christmas spirit. Ah, yeah, clearly, man. Obviously. With those jeans. Yeah. <laughs> They're unreal. Christmas jeans. Christmas jeans, yeah. yeah. Christmas shoes, Christmas mm-hmm. smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're looking well. Christmas nose piercing. Oh, yeah. 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 I get a bit of abuse for that on Twitter last yeah. night, but sure. Came out of nowhere, didn't it? Oh, yeah, look. I'm just being myself, man. What can I say? Just you know, right. Thank you. That was O'Connell tweeted you, wasn't it? <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Typical. Uh, did you enjoy the rugby over the I, weekend? I did, yeah. Um, Kingspan Stadium, I was along at the game and the place was bouncing and uh, Ulster are absolutely flying. So, yeah. yeah. I love this competition, mm-hmm. the European Cup. I mm-hmm. just love it. It just, uh, every round something else kind of adds and grows and just builds and every, every round is more interesting. Like the first <coughs> two rounds, first round and second round are kind of like, like an office party and it's getting a little bit flirty and mm. people are just kind of chatting to each other and texting and poking and stuff, <laughs> like swiping. Uh, like, everyone's like, geez, Rassing, Rassing's fab, <laughs> isn't he? He's a great dancer. He's great. And like, uh, Toulon's so hot. My God. And like, uh, I'm kind of texting Leinster at the moment. Uh, but, uh, they're quite career orientated, but they're they're actually good crack. You know? <laughs> and uh, so it's just feeling each other out and stuff like that, not major. But then when round three and four come in, things start getting a little bit more serious. Yeah, you're going steady with Leinster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It gets it like, you know, you go to his or her house one weekend, meet her family, his family, then uh-huh. the following weekend they come to yours, they meet your family and stuff and like say Munster and Cast, like Cast would have come over here last weekend to Limerick and kind of probably a little bit like, I don't know what to make of this now, what's it going to be like? <laughs> Could be a bit rough or whatever. And, uh, Should I call the father Mr. Munster or just call him by his first name? Yeah, be a bit awkward and stuff. Johan. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then it actually turned out to be grand. Like it was, okay, like she lost, but actually wasn't that. It was actually nice. It's a really nice city. People are really sound. Limerick. Yeah, really nice city, great people, great people. <laughs> and uh, nice as cast. I, I don't think I don't think Monster really gave her like a good uh, a good insight either. Like I don't think they would have brought her down to the mate to the pub to see their mates or anything like that. It's just a little bit like, you know, just give them a little introduction. But and she had a great time, even though they lost. Like, but yeah, and like most people were drunk at one o'clock on a Sunday, but she wasn't too bothered. But then this weekend, Monster like, yeah, I'm going over to. To cast so the France, it's gonna be class. Can't wait to see the new bird. And then it's like, shit, <laughs> so crap. They're breaking up between rounds five yeah, and six. Her family are kind of assholes and stuff. <laughs> shit, my thingy fell off. Her family are kind of assholes, and it was a bit rough and stuff. And it's rough. Yeah, you know. But then they get to round five and six, and it's like this is where you know it's men are separated from the boys. They're moving in together. Yeah. By round six, they've got half a dozen kids. Yeah, it's getting serious. Yeah, and they don't watch any more rugby at the weekend because they've got so many kids. Yeah. They're like, I hate rugby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. That's my, my take on it. So, yeah, there's a lot to talk about from the from three and four. Uh, Leinster bit uh, the heads off bat, bat, basically. Ulster, as you said, great win up in uh, Kingspan. Uh, Hopefully all set for Champions Cup knockout stages while uh, Connacht had a huge win again, five games in a row. Um, 
So we're going to touch on all of that. We'll also have an interview with <coughs> Ulster and Ireland centre Darren Cave that you did last week. Yeah, I was, I was flying solo again, boss. Yeah, you're getting really good at these, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, looking uh, forward to hearing that. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Darren was an open book in typical um, KV style, mm -hmm. just uh, just chatting away and giving us a lot more insight than your typical press conference uh, replies. So, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's that's the exactly what he did, which is what we want to hear. Uh, we've also got our Guinness Made of More Player of the Weekend. Uh, but first of all, we're going to go to uh, Monster versus <coughs> Cast. And what was that? I think I got my uh, my, my predictions uh, correct this weekend, did I? Did you say they would lose? I, th I said they would lose by a point. Oh, we didn't. Yeah, I did, yeah. Oh, I don't <laughs> think you did. <laughs> That's in the assumption that no one ever goes back and listens yeah. to the old episodes. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to. So you, you've got it from me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was nasty, ugly, grim. It seems last week just like stepped up another level in the intensity and kind of the bitchiness and the niggle and there was a bit of everything, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. Not that much. Not much, not that much rugby. There were, yeah, for considering the the conditions were so bad, there was there was a few nice bits <coughs> of play. Um, I think just watching the people's feedback online, it's been like, uh, do you know that South Park episode, I'm not sure if you know, of Captain ha Hindsight, where it's like a superhero in South Park, he's, he's called Captain Hindsight, and he just comes in and he's like, tells people what they should have done before <laughs> and stuff like that. It's a brilliant character, but I think that's kind of the case with Monster this weekend. Uh, a lot of people wondering about whether JJ should have started or Joey should have started or... Uh, if whether they should should have let Rory Scannell have a have a pop at goal, considering his uh, form of recent matches, <coughs> to to kick in in those kind of circumstances. Um, but a lot of tough decisions for coaches to have made, I think, beforehand. Yeah, it's um, tough. It's after the way JJ went last weekend. It's very tough on him. Yeah. But having said that, if you're Joey and you've um, been selected for the game and then just right up last minute then you kind of cry off or something a niggle then it would be tough then to lose out in selection the following week as well so it's probably fair enough I yeah. think uh, if maybe if, if Hanrahan gets in and plays a couple of games and goes well and kind of backs it up then I think at that stage you're going right well then then it's very very tough to drop mm. someone but one game then it, I think it's probably more unfair on Joey not to put him back in mm. And then <coughs> Captain's Hindsight again, like not a great game for a, someone of Joey's style I would have to play. Whereas JJ, I think, because he's been playing a lot lately for Munster, um, he's been used to the those kind of conditions. Uh, he's, you know, he's played a lot of games. He's an experienced player, even at 26. So I, I, I think you can further make the argument that they could have gone with him. But like, you know, it's, it's such a tough decision. And, and again, if... Joey had gone and kicked, you know, I think that penalty before halftime and Munster took a quick tap when they could have taken the three points was obviously would have won them the game and <coughs> they'll look back on that and they'll be their worst uh, critics. And, you know, I hate analysing games like that because it's pretty obvious that, that that would have won them the game and stuff. But um, And then a couple of Joey's kicks that he had in the, in the second half were pretty difficult. They were far out and, and even Connor's one as well. And with this, this soft underfooting as well while kicking. Yeah, I suppose, like, whenever the, the team selected, like early on in the week, I don't know, maybe Tuesday, the team selected internally. Mm. And to give the guys clarity, you need to get that um, that uh, team selection done early on in the week so guys can train, knowing exactly what 
it's going to be asked of them or what their role is. Mm-hmm. And at that stage in the week, do you really do you have like certainty in what the weather's going to be like or what the uh, underfoot conditions are going to be like? <clears throat> I don't think so, really. You do a little bit, but not with any certainty. So I think it's very difficult to, to make a decision. Like, people always say that, you know, we've got, you know, for example, with Ireland, you know, they've got three centres and you could play Bundy maybe when it's a little bit um, yeah. more wet or you're going to be a little bit more direct with your game plan. But then I think you just pick your team mm. and you just go over there and you kind of see what happens because so much uncertainty and you just don't know what's going to happen anyway. Yeah. Uh, Leinster, for example, maybe last weekend, the weekend before so against Bath in Bath, they went for Levy at eight and I suppose that was maybe to combat Bath having effectively two sevens. Two sevens yeah. But again, they probably just overthought it. Why don't you just pick your best eight? Yeah. Pick your best six and seven, you know? Mm-hmm. I just think if you kind of just try and be too smart sometimes that that backfires mm-hmm. um so i think you just go with whatever 10 uh you think is going to do the best job and uh again just don't try and overthink it yeah absolutely. again but again that's captain hindsight yes it is it's <laughs> <laughs> great he comes in Andrew, man he yeah. really does um i mean there were a lot of positives i thought from the monster uh performance even though there are tough conditions i think mike haley's been brilliant signing from this year um, you know he's taken everything comfortably from high kicks long kicks his decision making's good he's always plays with his heads up head up second he gets the ball he's got his head up looking where the space is trying to link um, Earlsy came off his wing a few times uh, I love seeing Earlsy in that out the back pass um, when he's got I think I've said this before where he's got a bit of space in the middle of the field where he can put footwork on someone and sit down a D. It's hard to get off the line when you've got Earl Z mm-hmm. kind of five yards off you or whatever. He'll do you any time. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, his passing is, is pretty good at the moment, so you may create a bit of space. CJ was like running over people yeah. left, right and centre. Um, yeah, CJ game. was back to his physical <coughs> best, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Not, that he? not that he hasn't been at his best, but it's just good to see him mm. kind of doing what he has been doing so well for mm. the last couple of years. Just physically, just dominating people. Yeah, I think he gets targeted a lot <coughs> because he is one of Munster's main ball carriers. So I think teams will they'll go after him. Um, so that's probably why he hasn't maybe made as many line breaks as he did the weekend. But um, God, he's so powerful. Um, but yeah, I think they'll massively kind of feel like they left that game behind them. Um, it was there for the taking. Um, but look, blows the whole group open. That yeah. group is so exciting. I watched the Exeter Gloucester match as well. And uh Exeter <coughs> uh won, but they were they were only they weren't I wasn't overly impressed with either team basically. Exeter it's strange to see first of all them losing at home last weekend. Mm. And then I'm not surprised to see them bounce back. Cause, but Exeter, it's strange to see them be kind of so inconsistent. Mm. At the start of the season I would have said they were one of the teams them Saracens and Leinster, I would have thought um, were the three teams that could kind of compete, and and Exeter just haven't really. I know I certainly I didn't expect Munster to go to Exeter and get a draw. Mm. Um, and not a reflection of Munster, it's a reflection of how strong this Exeter side is. But they're just showing a little bit of inconsistency. Yeah. But yeah, they got their they got a bonus point in the end and kept themselves in the hunt. Mm. Anyway, I was and Gloucester. I think like defensively, neither of them, I'd feel would be. Uh, would be overly kind of I, I wouldn't be concerned if I was Munster I don't think they put a huge amount of pressure on, on opposition 
Um, they don't dominate basically in defence. Uh, and then attack-wise, I just think Munster can can handle both of them as well. So it'll look. It's obviously a, a lot. Of t a lot will happen between now and then. But and it depends on who. I think it depends on who Munster can get on the field. That's becoming very obvious. Um, you know, Chris Farrell, huge loss to them over the last two weeks. Having seen what he can do <coughs> when he came back in the Pro 14, to then having taken straight back out of the squad, I think was was pretty pretty rough. Yeah, is um, that serious? What's I think it's a quad strain, is it, Pat? Mm. Yeah. Um, it won't be out for too long. No, I think it was like four or five <coughs> weeks. So uh, hopefully, be back for for January. Um, and yeah, just <coughs> you know when they, I think. Uh, John Klein is, is is a big uh, mm -hmm. he's he's a big hole missing there as well. Um, you know the more lineout operators they can get on the field, I think is uh, is pretty important for Munster and getting that set piece straight. But look again that that group wide wide open. Uh, you said you were in uh, Kingspan on Friday night. Ravenspan. Ravenspan. Which is called a Ravenhill. I'll never get used to it. Uh, yeah, I was up uh, at the at the. <laughs> At Ravens Hill, mm -hmm. and uh, it was a another big performance from from Ulster. Uh, I think any side can can produce a, a big performance, a big bonus point win, just kind of spontaneously through the season, and that's what some people had suggested happened last week. Especially having just got beaten reasonably badly by Scarlets a couple of weeks earlier in the league, but then whenever you back it up then it just fills the squad with confidence. And I think Ulster are in a really good position now because it's just 10 points and just a consistent performance. And I think Ulster were really good for both um, five-point wins. I thought they were a lot, a lot better than, than Scarlet's both weeks. Um, I thought they, they mixed it up really well and it was so varied. Their performance was... There was big uh, defensive moments and there were big uh, moments with ball in hand. There were big moments in the scrum, big moments in the mall. And I think Ulster were just better in every department. I think that's the best Billy Burns has played. <clears throat> I thought he was brilliant. His short kicking game was just perfect for that Scarlet's defence. They just like to come hard. Ulster are coming hard as well, but not their, their defence. I think we touched on it last week. It's just nowhere near as risky as um, Scarlet's. Scarlet's are coming off the line, getting past the ball, trying to make reads and just, just taking chances they don't need to take. I think Ulster just dealt with it perfectly. First scrum on the right-hand side, Billy Burns just put a little um, cross-field for, for Jacob. That one didn't go to hand, but it was just like a wee, just planting the seed with Scarlett. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you're going to come all day, come hard, then I'm going to put this behind you. Mm -hmm. And just, you would have thought that Scarlett would have gone, okay, well, let's take it easy here, but they kept coming. Mm -hmm. And Billy Burns said, right, well, fine, I'm going to keep putting it in behind you. And he put, uh, obviously, the one for, for Jacob. It was just a lovely little thing. It was nice. like a little stab. Almost like it looked like it wasn't planned because it was right at the line, had the ball in two hands, and then That's just the beauty of it, ding, though, isn't it? Just so well disguised, yeah. yeah. And he did it like two minutes later or a few minutes later, the exact same thing, yeah. I actually thought I was watching a replay, yeah, because it was the same movement, the same style kick, and almost came off for Jacob as well, yeah. And the other thing that Ulster are doing <coughs> really well in their fees play that um helps them deal with the Scarlet's um line speed is their their little um out the back passes from the forwards, they look a lot more tucked and they, I think Ulster just look a little bit more streetwise and a little bit more savvy. They're expecting to get a bit of heat mm -hmm. and whenever you're defending that, if you're coming up and trying to read past and get to the back, who's out the back of the forwards, 
if that pass goes into his hand and he's tucked, he's just too far away to get to. So you end up, you go for him and then you hesitate you and then up, you yeah. have to go again. Yeah. And then that's when, when guys look for tip-ons and get in behind it's you. Disjointed, yeah. And it was really, it was really <coughs> nice. I think Ulster, it looked like they'd practiced that a little bit. It just looked um, like they were able to cope. Like they were almost manipulating the defence rather than the, the, the defence kind of calling the shots. Um, but the key for that is having huge ball carriers, isn't it? They, that those guys are a threat all the time when that that tip on yeah or so like the way Hendo's carrying at the moment yeah. uh, the way uh, McCluskey's carrying at the moment um, yeah they're they're <coughs> it's just threats as you said the variety in their play yeah. so Billy Burns has got options inside outside and they're all very aggressive yeah uh, something Leinster have been so good at doing is that having so many options and yeah. good options around. Each phase of play and, and creating that space. There was another. There was another example. Actually, you're talking about a style of play to kind of suit the conditions. It was a little bit drizzly and a little bit windy um, at at Ravens Hill. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> and maybe ten minutes in the game, Scarlet had a scrum left hand side in around halfway, maybe just inside Ulster's um, uh, half. And what do you do? You bring they brought Hadley Parks back into the starting fifteen. Mm-hmm. What do you do there when it's wet? Yeah. You give the ball to Hadley Parks and yeah. let him get over the gain line. But they tried this. It's a wee bit of a typical um, Welsh move. They've been doing it for years. They bring the 12 underneath the 10. And then the 13 comes short and he goes, and then 12. So he looks like he's carrying the switch. Yeah. But he pulls out of it and he pulls the ball back to, to Patchell out the back of 13, mm-hmm. out the back of John Davis. And it was just so, it was so naive and stupid. And then Will Addison just came just up and smashed him behind the gain line. Yeah. Ulster, on the other hand, when they got um, a set piece, they either brought Jacob in or they brought uh, Henry Spade or they brought McCluskey and they got a game line. They mm-hmm. got their pack into the game. And sometimes that kind of really, we were talking about the intricacies of Ulster's phase play. You can only do that whenever you set a platform, platform. to get your forwards going forward. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did that really well. The balance was really good, direct at times, and then just subtle with the kicking game, all that other stuff as well. So it was yeah. really impressive. And as you said, the men- momentum <coughs> they've, they've got going, and the, oh no, you said sorry, the confidence they have. He's just given this momentum, and they've won six from the last seven. Yeah. Um, what's your what's your take on McFarland like what's the have you got any insight into the the camp and they look like they're buzzing up there at the moment yeah i think so yeah it seems like they're um so maybe something similar to what you're saying about uh, Munster. once you keep guys fit and keep your mm. your your kind of yeah, your your first 15 i suppose mm-hmm. and once they're able to play then you can see the big difference um but yeah McFarland seems to be just gradually having more of an more and more of an impact, and I yeah. think that just seems to be coming in now. And as you say, the confidence that they'll get from that, and the momentum going into you know a few tough interpros just before obviously racing, yeah. round five of Europe as well. So I think Ulster are in a really good position. Yeah, they are. <coughs> it's going to be tough to to top the pool, having said that, because <coughs> obviously Racing um, put a bonus point in them in Paris, mm-hmm. and now we're Ulster are five points off them. So we're going to assume that in round six, uh, Racing are going to bonus point Scarlets. So then Ulster then in round six have to bonus point Leicester away, which is a tough enough ask as it is. Mm. But they also need to get five points at, at home to Racing. You know, going, going 10 points from your last two games is a big, big ask. Yeah, I'd be, <clears throat> I'd be ultra confident now that going into that, I just get excited with the idea of it being the miracle matches and Ulster getting five points against Racing at home. Um, my only concern would be that they're conceding a lot of tries 
um, despite having these big wins. So they probably will concede <coughs> to Racing, and mm-hmm. you know they they got to keep them without getting a bonus point. And I still think you know they could go over. I know Leicester's a tough place to go, regardless of whether they're out of it or not. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just again adds a little bit more spice to it when when you know there is potentially uh, the chance to top the group. Um, I w- I'm very interested to see how they'll they play in the next couple of weeks. As you said, getting those best players on the field for the Champions Cup is the most important thing. So will they go out and make a ton of changes for for Leinster and uh, and Munster games, um, or the Munster and Connacht games? Um, <clears throat> but they do need to keep playing that style of rugby. You know, yeah. They need to keep the momentum going. They need to get that confidence up. So yeah, if they're ringing the changes. I hope they they they, they definitely will. Though they, I I doubt. I think there'll be none of the, the the big names. I think we'll play all three games. Mm. They might they might go kind of well. I was going to say they go um, full strength at home yeah. to Munster, but typically the model would be go full strength the week before Europe. So I think that's Leinster. Mm. Yeah, right, Pat. Yeah, the fifth start, <coughs> start of January. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So again, that's down the RDS. That's going to be tough, but kind of go full strength there, and then that gives you a bit of momentum going into. Mm. The, um, Racing, but then, <coughs> as you say, you know it's important that the 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 younger guys, the guys who typically wouldn't get a start, get they kind of step up and, and just uh, play the same way. Yeah, and yeah. Speaking of Leinster, we wanted to take a proper look at. Well, <coughs> I did anyway. Want to take a proper look at Leinster's attacking game and how they kind of put bat to the sword and how they regularly do it every week. Um, so I three ways in which I think that they're just so class at scoring tries, <coughs> and I wanted to see whether you could tell me how do you play against that? How do you stop that? So first one is just the individuals they have, like James Lowe, who took that quick tap and just, yeah. you know, that's it's the difference between, I suppose, Munster taking a quick tap at the end of the first half at the, the wrong time when they could have taken the points, and then James Lowe just, you know, when to take it at the exact right moment and just barrel his way over and get yeah Any, anybody watching on <coughs> TV you knew what he was up to yeah he's, like, he's, he's going for the ball there and yeah. quick lads quick <laughs> yeah, yeah. he may react quickly here and uh, big friend of the show James Lowe uh-huh. went for hogs instead of high fives did he yeah, yeah. 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 oh you were straight out there so, so we, we've, we've made an impact yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, positive impact yeah yeah. It was actually it's probably negative I mean. is it yeah I think it is yeah. sorry James <laughs> Yeah. His hugging accuracy is very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a from there. smaller margin for error. Imagine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> missing a hug. You should just do that. If you're listening, Joe, just, or James, just uh, give us a, a miss, an inaccurate <laughs> hug. <laughs> hug a guy's waist or something. Uh, but yeah, you've got those, that guy, and like Adam Burns' leap from... Uh, nothing, which was a penalty to Leinster and Sexto puts across this ridiculously accurate um, kind of, as Brian Driscoll said, thinks said last night, quite an aggressive kick that uh, Adam Byrne just had, you know, the ability to, to leap above anyone else probably on the pitch yeah. and take a ball. So they've got that <coughs> X factor in their individual players. Um, but so the, the kick, he, when he says aggressive, he just sorry, the trajectory it's lower, yeah. isn't it? It was, yeah. So it just gets there quicker and yeah. then it just gives Adam Byrne more of an opportunity. So if, if the ball it like that. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Rather than if if the ball's kind of dropping, you're kind of waiting under it for a second, that all of a sudden 
if it goes on another second and a half, then the, the area becomes more crowded and you have to manipulate your run up into it. Yeah. And if the ball's coming flat, whether you take off, like whether you take off kind of two, three meters, there's a bigger area that you can take off and be accurate yeah. where you where you kind of coincide with the ball arriving. Yeah. Whereas if, if it's dropping, then it's harder to do that. Adam Burham, was, it was textbook, wasn't it? Wasn't he just it? got his knee onto the guy's hip, I think it was. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah. no. your hip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'll use that, that ah. hip of yours. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Imagine I go, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was perfect. It's nice to see. Yeah. Uh, he, he competed well for a couple of other ones, actually. Yeah. He looks really comfortable in the air. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of come out of nowhere over the last few weeks. We know he's what he can do, but he's really playing with confidence. And yeah, just I love that, that they've got those individuals that can that can have those moments of brilliance that they're kind of out of nothing. But then obviously the accuracy they have in the micro plays is the foundation for what Leinster do. Um, the O'Loughlin try when Sexo did the little lip loop with Ring Rose, obviously mm-hmm. kind of textbook Leinster, textbook Sexton, wrap around. But when you look at it, um, Brian Driscoll broke it down again in BT Sports last night with how like uh, Bath had eight defenders in that part of the field. A lot of teams wouldn't have actually tried to break them down, would have just carried into the belly of them, tried to kind of just recreate some more phases. But Ringrose took such a good line and with such intent gave, gave the, the Bath defenders a little nudge. Sexton goes on a quick wrap and he's through the gap and you're talking inches. Like if there was an inch off either one of them, there would have been a scrag somewhere or the, the ball might have been not as crisply passed. Um, <coughs> Sexton goes through the loop and then they flood the line with, with support runners. Uh, Larmer just beats a couple of the defenders and then brilliant offload and again, great support lines. So, so the, the, that, <coughs> that loop play that Leinster do, I think a misconception in what they're trying to achieve there is that they're trying to get an extra man to beat them on the edge, mm. which I don't think is always the case. Occasionally it will be, but mm-hmm. on that occasion, what you're doing is you're just you're changing who the defender has. You're just confusing things at the line, mm-hmm. especially with Johnny. Whenever you give it back to him, and and what Ringrose did well was he didn't try, he didn't get too wide off Johnny. Yeah, when he got the pass, he kind of narrowed up and thought instead of struggling to kind of sit down that defender, I'll comfortably sit down this defender. Yeah. And he sits down him, gets a little bump, and he's legitimately kind of in the line, causing a disconnect, and then Johnny just gets his nose through. Yeah. It was just so, it was really perfectly executed. And Leinster have been doing that. Johnny has been doing that for years. Yeah. And well, they do it every, every, within every phase of play, yeah. to be ran. Yeah. How often would, it, would you do that in training with, under Joe Schmidt for the last seven or eight years. Is that an everyday thing in training? Or is it just, you know, is it practiced in micro skills or is it just practiced in, in it team be, plays? But yeah, it would be practiced a bit <coughs> in team plays. I would imagine it's probably practiced more with Leinster than it is with Ireland. Mm. Ireland would have introduced um, a little um, kind of wraparound play off nine, mm-hmm. um, kind of maybe a couple of years ago. That can be really effective because you can't then all of a sudden they can't shoot. Mm-hmm. You, know, you kind of, you manipulate their defence and that they have to sit down and it's frustrating for them. Otherwise, if someone gets past, then that's when Murray would get his nose through, yeah. like like Johnny did. Um, but I think, I don't think Ireland would do it, um, practice it as often as Leinster would. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to, with Ulster, we, they'd had a play where, say, 10 hits 12 and 13 comes short and then you play, you can either play 13 or you can play out the back to 10, that little yeah. uh, move that they do. 
and Ulster had a we we would call it something whatever it was not not what the Leinster were calling not what Ireland were calling it but we would say uh, I remember Darren Cave and I actually having a conversation where we'd say do you want to Will we play it early? They'll play it like the way Leinster do it, or they play it the way we play it. <laughs> <laughs> the right way or the wrong way. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Because um the way that we would have typically done it would have been let Johnny or let the ten get round wider yeah. and then hit him. But then he's if he's wider, it's like a little bit what we we're talking about earlier on with Ulster's phase play. If yeah. he's not as tucked, then he's open and yeah, he's available, yeah. then the, the defenders can shoot and they can get him. Whereas if he gets the ball in his hands earlier, then he's he's on the move and he's it looks like he's getting it and he hasn't actually achieved anything. Yeah. But he's on the he's accelerating on that arc and he can see the defenders in front of him uh-huh, as yeah. opposed to getting the ball on his yeah. inside shoulder and and being blindsided. Yeah, and if he if he gets it early and someone does come for him, he's got he's got the ball in his hands and he can call the shots. He yeah. can play the tip on and get him behind the next defender. Yeah. But it's um it's so it's such a simple play. Yeah, and I suppose you're right with Leinster doing this probably more so than Ireland because they can all do it. You know, you saw Ty uh, Furlong standing in 10 for, geez, he must have been first first receiver for five or six times and, yeah. and creating space. And that's probably the third way I would look at how Leinster score is, um, is by having so many varieties of play off, off, off open phase. So having an inside option off Johnny, having... Uh, forward with a tip bomb with, with Johnny out the back and, and their ability to do it um, very accurately and when they are tipping on they're, you're tipping on to someone like James Ryan who's yeah. making four or five yards every single time he, he touches the ball because defenders have got so much more going on around them it's the variety of play Yeah. Um, so how do you stop that then Andrew? <laughs> Well, <laughs> you did beat the All Blacks, so yeah, but never, you have the answer. But I never beat Leinster. <laughs> uh, I, I think so. O'Driscoll touched on this in his kind of analysis. Is it? Is it from? Uh, um, I think it might have been Lowe who got nudged by um, Ringrose. Mm-hmm. Just this, like a really subtle nudge, but just enough that meant that he couldn't get out and then Jimmy Roberts I think it was couldn't get back in because he got he got high I think you just need a kind of to, you need to kind of trust the guy on the inside of you that mm-hmm. he's going to make that tackle on ring rows so you're not going to get bumped and you're going to keep kind of balanced and then you can get off onto onto Johnny if someone shoots independently of the rest of the line then there's always a gap either side so you need to keep moving forward all together, which is a really tough skill yeah. to kind of maintain that organization. Um, but I, I've I've done that on him, on Johnny in, uh, specifically in the past, and I've shot on him because I thought if I rush him, but he, he just gets the ball in his hands so early and he's so switched on, he knows kind of what to expect. How many times has he been in that position yeah, yeah. and made the he right decision? to do with every, every opportunity. And the guys around him know just if, if they see a defender going on him, then they'll just come slightly closer to make that pass easier to get in behind. Mm. Um, I don't know is the, short, know. Is the yeah. short answer. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Me neither, man. It's terrifying. <laughs> well, I think we'll, uh, in part three, we're going to go look at some of the pools and where they're all standing at this point and who potentially will, you know, end up being in the quarterfinals and who will have to look at how to beat Leinster, how to beat uh, Toulouse or how to beat Racing. So we'll get stuck into that. But uh, first of all, in part two, uh, you went and had a good chat with Darren Cave up in uh, Ravenspan last week. So let's have a quick listen to that. We've got Darren Cave here. He's a serial podcaster. 
Um, he's very experienced, so I think this is going to go somewhere very uncertain. And uh, I've got very few notes, so uh, let's let's see where it takes us. For the record, I'm actually still playing as well. <laughs> Seems to be a bit of a, you know, it was an injury. Your career's gone great with the podcast since, yeah, you, since I know, you retired. I know, I know. <laughs> no, I'm still playing, still playing. Um, done a bit of podcast, I'm enjoying it, yeah. Uh-huh. I think uh, rugby interviews have just become so boring. I know. You know, like, honestly, one of the worst things I'd say about playing for Ulster is the press conference. And going in, I feel sorry for the media, but there's a bit of a deadlock, I think, between... As a player, why would you say anything? Because it'd be used against you. Uh-huh. And in the media, they're going in to listen to, you know, they'll be physical, they'll bring loads of energy. So they're hitting it as well. Uh-huh. And as soon as they do get a sound bite, uh-huh. they're on it. So it's kind of a... You can see, they just they shut down. They get something, they go, we're done. Yeah, I've got we don't need any more. I've got all I need. I was just about talking about d- the dragons. Uh-huh. Don't worry about it. The dragons, they're like, who? who? The dragons you're playing <laughs> the weekend? All right. You mentioned anything about... Uh, there was an article, uh, Handy had a concussion um, and they were, uh, you know, suddenly, and he spoke about, the, he was speaking about the HIA process, but how well we're looked after. Um, it was actually, I thought it was a really interesting article and the headline was, you know, Henderson uh, concussion blackout nightmare. And I was thinking, mm. so you can see like, uh, but I bet you read it, the clickbait worked. I got me. <laughs> got you. I got me. Yeah. But that's that's you now. You don't describe yourself. Are you identifying as a? Uh, I'm still one of the lads. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. look at me. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, have been, uh, as well as doing podcasts, I've been listening to Joe. Uh-huh. Ie. Yes. Not not the other one. Oh, good man. Yeah. Uh, and like just, of Yeah. So I heard you describing the speaking about the media and like a as as yeah. if you weren't one of them. Uh, as in third person. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, um, so you've done, uh, would you listen to a lot of, would you listen to Second Captains, Off the Ball, uh, Joe Dye? Listen to, my favourite one's the Rugby Pod, uh, because it's the most obscure content. I just, the less kind of, listen, we both like a bit of rugby noise sometimes, but yeah. oh, lines and, uh, but just le- the interviews, the more different they are, the more you get to know the person as opposed to people who come on and are sort of guided by media. Um, so I like that one a lot. The new Peter Crouch podcast is quite good. Uh-huh. He just seems like a, he's just a funny guy. Um, and then I like Flintoff Savage and the ping pong guy. Uh-huh. What about uh, uh, non-sporting like Joe Rogan or stuff like that? Uh, I've given Joe Rogan a go, but they're a bit, they're, they're hard work. Right, they're long. When I see a podcast and it's over two hours, I'm going, oh. I've actually been referred to as the Irish Joe Rogan recently. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great sign. <laughs> um, there, there, there are a lot. Like, uh, who, who came up with that? Fair play. That's that's good. It work. was uh, it was a bit of banter between myself and Greg Jones, oh. who's very, as you know, very decent player, decent player. First of all, but forget about that. Uh, very, inte- very intelligent. Yeah. And great for just a random discussion. On yeah. It. You could drop in something about. <clears throat> Uh, Elon Musk and he'll just start he'll just go and you'll uh-huh. be like hey, this is this yeah. is a bit alright yeah. so he loves a good podcast but I, I always look for him on a Tuesday morning Greg Jones yeah I always look for him because uh, I think you called me on it as well I think I, so he's like Greg Jones for the, a bit of context he's a young fellow in the academy and so last year he might have only he might have even played actually by this time last year 
and Game of Thrones was going on. Uh, Greg Jones is a big Game of Thrones fan, and he's clever, you know, and he's done a lot of research, clever. and he can talk like about the different families in the background and who's related to who and all, which is like it's a absolute quagmire if you get it into is. it and you haven't done your homework. So I have a memory like a goldfish, and I can't even remember what games I played in two or three years ago. But Greg Jones, <laughs> on the other hand, remembers every single detail about Game of Thrones. So I went to him. I was like. To find out what happened. I would watch it and I'd be like, what happened to Greg? Explain all that. Who was that guy? What was going on there? I, and you called me out. You said to me, I, I, I must have said hi to him or something. You went, what's his name? And I, went, <laughs> I went, Greg Jones. We talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, that's always the one because it was Paddy, Paddy Wallace. He was the one. He used to get the young players' names wrong. Yeah. Remember that? Who was yeah. it? We got um, it was, um, Kyle McCall and Connor Carey, was it? Oh, yes. Because yes. Paddy, obviously, we know he's known for being like really smug. <clears throat> when he's got a bit of information, he would give it the old... Your man's a good wee player. And going, who? He's going, uh, Cam Calder, 16 tackles for Ireland or 20s at the weekend. <laughs> and I'm going, that's Connor Carey, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Here, he did something to us. Uh, so, Darren and I were working for uh, BBC uh, for, at the weekend there, BBC Radio Ulster, uh, a grand total of uh, 15 listeners. Yeah. So, you can say what you want, but. Uh, it's big. In, in the, um, in the media room before he, did, he had another smug moment Paddy yeah so what was it he was talking um, so it was the New Zealand Stuart, game Stuart Barnes Wayne Barnes Wayne Barnes <laughs> same Barnes. thing <laughs> Stuart Barnes exactly um, some so before the New Zealand game Ireland had a 20% uh, win ratio with Wayne Barnes so Nobody knows this. Paddy's gone on to ESPN. On the How would you know that? I know. <laughs> so he comes in and he's giving out the Ireland's one percent ratio under Wayne Barnes, and I'm going okay. And then thankfully, so we got through it. Found out it was twenty, and then you came in and butchered it. Yeah, <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> on purpose. And he I said, uh, "Trimby, tell me, uh, what do you think?" Uh, Stuart Barnes <laughs> win ratio or Aaron's win ratio under Stuart Wayne Barnes is and I went you know what this is lower than I thought so I was like I'm going to ruin this I went 5% he was got it <laughs> yeah he was absolutely got it he was like uh, no uh, 20 it's actually more than that so believe it or not and you were like oh, oh. <laughs> yeah well oh. that's reasonably oh. remarkable then oh, in that case Patty. yeah it's only <laughs> RTE radio that's smug Paddy um <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, so you uh, uh, are, are you again. I know you clarified that you're not retired. Not retired. But, but maybe people are getting the impression because you're you're quite um, proactive with what you're going, what's going on off the pitch. You've got the donut shop. Uh, you're doing a bit of media. You've done a postgrad in uh, sports science, sports psychology. Something, yeah. One of those ones, yeah, ish. One, one of the ones at Jordanstown that um, yeah, doesn't count. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's your theology degree. It doesn't count exactly. Yeah, but look at you now. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I got a sports science degree, sports psychology masters. I don't know if I want that. And I find all that stuff interesting. I don't think I want to be a sports psychologist. Uh, I don't know what I want to do after rugby. The coffee shop's been been cool. Um, you know yourself, it's such a bubble. And people are always like, what do you want to do when you retire? And you're like, why would I ever want to do anything else than play rugby? Mm. So it's hard to go and be like, I want to sell commercial insurance. Mm. Why would you want to do that when you've played professional rugby for so long? Um, I guess the thing, I want to be in a position whereby I'm excited about 
the end, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a guy that ends up coaching because they're stuck and there's nothing else to do or a guy that plays for too long or I just, when I'm ready to go, I want to be like excited about something else and go on. How good was it that I got to do that? Um, do you know what I mean? And yeah, not, like, absolutely. And I think it's great because it's quite a, it is quite a daunting experience. Yeah. I was, uh, in some ways I was excited about what was going on afterwards, but I was more excited to get away from rugby, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. So there was an excitement uh, for one reason or another, but um, it, it is quite a daunting experience. I know that some guys find it tough, so I think you're, doing, you're certainly doing the right thing. Well, it is something, but as you know, the, you, th you can think about it a lot and you can prepare yourself, but again, it's just so hard. To, I think that's what's so good about guilt trip, to actually just go and learn. And, you know, rugby players at Ireland, as you know, are very good and they'll come in and they'll do a course on project management, but you listen for three hours, write a couple of things down in your Esport Heath book and then, like, put it in the ideas basket and you get a certificate. But you actually haven't really learned anything. So, mm -hmm. like to go and like open your own shop and make loads of mistakes but it's your own money and you learn and I've learned so much and part of that is that I'm not sure if I am like a real kind of entrepreneurial spirit you know of you know the people that are you know I want to have six shops in the first year and I want to have 50 staff and um, I've kind of realized that I just don't really think that's who I am and where I want to go but um it's definitely been it's definitely been class, and I've learned so much. Uh, I do enjoy it, mm -hmm. and I think it's I think it's good for your rugby as well to not just you know be twenty four seven because mm -hmm. as you know yourself, it is it's a bit um, it's a bit mad. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, get, getting that exposure in the real world is it's I even since so since I retired as if I'm this wise <laughs> wise <laughs> you are wise the wise the world. But six months out of the bubble made me realise just how how naive. And you're not in this 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 category. I wouldn't have thought because you are very proactive. But how kind of just indoctrinated or like institutionalised we are as athletes. Yeah. I say we because you know remember I told you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Still one of the boys. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's like stuff that applies in in the life of a, of a professional rugby player in that environment, day in day out. Just doesn't work elsewhere. Yeah, and, uh, more different rules, isn't there? I know. I know. You can't pull people's trousers down. Who'd <laughs> have thought that it's not acceptable in the workplace? Yeah. <laughs> or you can't walk into the showers and go, good size. <laughs> you can't do it. You can. I'm assuming you can't do it. Yeah. Well, you can actually only start doing that in the last five years. Before that, <laughs> it still would have been. What are you doing, mate? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, and in our sort of era or generation of players, whatever, are probably the first one to relate it back to media. Like we're the first ones that like had the personality beaten out of us in terms of like, <coughs> I remember being in media training in the academy and we were taught uh, at that stage, uh, you know, they would ask you questions about the new stadium because at that stage, you know, it was going to the maze and it was going to be, it, was, it wasn't a controversial thing, but it was a new thing and it was... Um, and we were warned, look, don't comment on anything like that. Don't give anyone a soundbite. Mm -hmm. And experiences <laughs> of players making comments about other teams and the newspapers being in the change rooms after the game where they put up quotes about how the team, uh -huh. you know who I'm thinking of, uh -huh. Niall O'Connor. Oh, no, I was thinking of uh, us offending Leinster a like, couple of times. We, um, Joe Barakat um, said uh, that Leinster were boring. 
yeah. we played them a couple of years ago and the last it wouldn't um, be the word I would use no 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 exceptional uh, good at winning stuff I yeah. would say so um, he yeah. must Joe must have liked the you know when uh, at home to Leicester one week and then yeah. Yeah, exactly. he must have enjoyed that he, he liked the roller coaster yeah. yeah what was the Nile Connor one he was um, I think we lost at home or drew here to the Dragons and he'd said something, you know, he was like very, very naive and he'd said something pretty innocent, but it made a headline in Wales and our kit man was cleaning their change him after and they'd got a load of copies of this newspaper that was up all around the sheds. Brilliant. And that was about the same time that, do you remember Kieran Dawson? I was going to say, yeah. Did he miss the conversion? I know he got, he was right in front of the post, I think he got it. Yeah, but, and then their coach didn't, who was that? Was that Sean Holly or Lynn Jones, one of those ones? I thought it was Dragons, anyway. It was, yeah, we it was. Were, yeah, we were beating them easily. And then um, last last play of the game, like we'd already had our bonus point easily. Yeah. Kieran Dawson, back rower, stepped up and took the conversion, and then that was their thing yeah. for years afterwards. How dare they be so? It's probably still going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so these boys are out of the game. Yeah, yeah. Players are going. Huh? Yeah. Exactly. Kieran Dawson. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of uh, like that. I've sort of found the last year it quite refreshing that I'm not just not really as fussed, do you know, when it comes to like, do you know, just getting on Twitter and just get involved and, do you know, say something about Brexit or, do you know, get involved and yeah. have a, uh, something about government or just something that, um, and it's been cool because a lot of people actually like it. And I guess like I've kind of just become a bit sick of the, um, they'll bring loads of energy and loads of physicality and, you uh-huh. know, we've got a new coaching team and they're probably better than the results would suggest, you uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. They've been a little bit unlucky and, uh, you know, we particularly at home. And like, that's wasting everyone's time now, isn't just, it? It breaks my soul. But it's annoying, though, when you go into a press conference, all you're concerned about is not making a mistake. What is it? It's just a pointless exercise. You yeah. might as well not do it. They're, they're just reading, writing stuff. Just it honestly of. is probably, <clears throat> like, people say, what's the worst thing about being a professional rugby player? That doing that press conference and it's not a go at the media. Um, I think they're doing their best because I think it's tough. It's you know it's opening one of the papers and saying Kiev aims to be centre of attention again. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm not really what I was alluding to. I know? was always concerned that um, the the boys would read this and they're like, oh no, does Roy think I want to be the centre of attention? <laughs> yeah, it's one each remember that. Oh, uh, you won't remember. You don't remember what you had for breakfast. <laughs> but. I was doing a photo shoot and two of the wee, I had to hold like two of the wee, do you know the wee flashes like this? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then like, you know, so they're taking cameras, but they're in sight, do you know? And then like on the Belfast Teller, one of these papers, a couple of days later, there's this like picture of me like this here. And it says like, you know, Cave wants to be centre of attention. Yeah, yeah. And like, pal, it's your first start in 14 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, follow me, man. Yeah. I've got this. Exactly. And yeah. then you go get it handed to you down in Galway <laughs> or something. So, uh, what about yeah. a li- tiny little bit of rugby chat? What about um, obviously the news broke this week about Joe uh, moving on? Is there, I mean, do you see potentially if Farrell comes in there that you know, a change of regime that might be an opportunity for you to kick on next, next year after the World Cup? Uh, it's not really something that I'm, uh, I was chatting about this on the radio or a podcast or something. I'm sure everyone's already heard this, so sorry to repeat myself because I know you guys are so... I'm sorry to give you the same question twice. Listening to all my content (laughs) again. Um, I've actually really enjoyed watching Ireland um, the past while because I've no... um, I've really good sort of... I don't know if closure is the right word, but I feel... um, I don't... 
when I was just out of the Ireland squad, I was always kind of going, oh, I could be in there, I could be in there. And you always felt if, <clears throat> if someone didn't play well, there was still a chance. And then it was much harder to watch the success because you, you felt like, it, not that you deserved it, but it, it could be you. Now I feel like um, I'm just, like I watch Ireland now with like 100%. I'm just happy for them. Um, I think like in every position, but the talk about the centres, I just think they've got like smashing players, um, particularly the three boys who are on the show in the middle at the minute. Like in, um, to think like Darcy and O'Driscoll had such a successful career at Leinster and to think now what like Ringer and Robbie are doing, um, they probably have the potential to be as good, if not better, than those two. So mm-hmm. it's not, I don't really look at it and go, oh, I should be in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just enjoy how good Ireland yeah. are and I enjoy it as a fan and um, uh, enjoy watching it and talking about it. We shared that moment actually <clears throat> during the All Blacks game. Uh, again, both of us proper Ireland rugby fans. Uh, and uh, whenever Jacob got the ball and put the ball in behind, we were screaming, shouting, you know, and yeah. it was like, it was a nice moment. It we was. Both genuine. And there's no, I mean, again, rewind five years ago, whenever maybe if I'd have been not getting any joy when Kidney was in or you, you weren't getting any joy the odd week. And you know you would have watched it, and you would have, in case anybody's watching, you'd be going, uh, <laughs> kind of happy, but just the runner-up Oscar, exactly. But he do, he does seem to um, think the ball just does seem to bounce from. And I said when that, and it was such a flipping, such a great try. And Ireland, as you know, have this just this generation of players that are like sub twenty-five, particularly the ones at Leinster that are just so used to success, all getting lucky. Aren't they? They're so lucky. Like <laughs> none of them are talented. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. I look at Ringrose and I'm like, he is just so the, lucky. He's the poor man's darn kid. <laughs> the ball just bounces for you though. That's the only difference. I know. I think we're bad for each other. You know. Don't don't quote. By the way, <laughs> don't use that. Do not. Actually, don't you use do, a load of this stuff. You can use it. <laughs> just don't turn it into a headline. Exactly. It was a joke. Yeah, Pat will turn that into a headline. Pat. Producer Pat didn't make it up the road. No, he's on his day off. He doesn't know the way, I don't think. He doesn't think he days off. He's not up here much. He doesn't like it up north. Don't know. You shut up. He thinks it's a it's a hard border already. <laughs> he thinks it's April. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all we have time for. Oh. I know. Alright. We're flying. Well. Darren, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Good man. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe. Together with Guinness. Okay, that was Darren Cave with Trimby up in Ravenhill. That was uh, very enjoyable. Oh, very enjoyable. Listen. Yeah, thanks. I'm loving man. your one-on-ones. Yeah, I'm not jealous anyway. To be honest with you, I'm just thoroughly enjoying it. Well, that was that was a couple of weeks ago when you were away mm-hmm. doing your thing mm-hmm. down under. Mm-hmm. But uh, I believe you've got a couple of interviews lined up. I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, down in uh, in Limerick. You didn't tell me about that, did you? Pat told me. You can more than you're more than welcome to come to Limerick if you want. Oh, no, it's, oh, you're grand. it's too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll let you know who they are during the week. But uh, just something quick I wanted to talk about with Darren there. Um, something he talked about when he you know stuff his interests outside of rugby while playing and potentially after when he finishes. Uh, did you see Roy Keane and Gary Neville talking about uh, Jesse Lingard? yesterday uh-huh. for launching his clothing range it was hilarious so he launched his clothing range a few days before United played Liverpool Gary Neville was outraged at the timing of this because he picked uh, the Liverpool match the biggest game you know arguably of the season for, for United um, and it was a distraction and then Roy Keane came in and said if that was as 
if that was a good, strong dressing room, that wouldn't be tolerated. That's why I worry about United dressing rooms for a younger player still learning his trade. He could not be the nicest kid. In, he could be the nicest kid in the world. I don't know him, but you're coming out with all that nonsense. I think football should be your number one priority. People say you should have other stuff outside of football, but I don't think you should. Don't hide behind your cards or tattoos or <laughs> girlfriends or agents. Just play the game. Then you can do that when you retire. So it, it really snowballed, didn't it? Yeah. He kind of got going and he was like, you know what? I'm going to drive this home here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so football being your number one priority, rugby being your number one priority, fine. But um, hiding behind, I don't know if that, how that corresponds to hiding behind your cars. Tattoos. Tattoos. <laughs> what has that got to do with tattoos? He hates tattoos. Tattoos are ne- neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> really, when it comes to launching your um, clothing line. To be fair, right, bad timing. Yeah, don't pick the Liverpool match. Gary Neville's point was was perfect because he was mm-hmm. like, I don't mind what they do outside of it. And like, and yeah. the same, but we're, we've all been in those situations where uh, you know it's a big game, you're playing against Leinster, you're playing against Sulzer or something, and you, you keep the head down that week. You don't go making a noise about something else. So, yeah. but Keno just went. <laughs> He's so good at it. Like to be fair, like just going off in these rants. They're very entertaining. <laughs> but uh, do you like KV as a cafe? Has a cafe? Is yeah. He? Yeah. So KV's he's pretty switched. Uh, pretty switched on. Yeah. He's uh, got a few interests outside of rugby, and he's got a cafe, and he done his he did his um, post grad at Jordanstown there a couple of years ago, and yeah. he's kind of as he, he mentioned in the interview, tweeting about politics and stuff. So he he's kind of. He's, he's reasonably well-rounded. Otherwise, if you end up, if you take Keane's advice yeah. and you end up, I think this is one thing I discovered whenever I finished, how kind of, again, I think I touched on it in the interview with Darren, um, you become just institutionalised and all you know is, is the guys around you in that culture. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 a bubble and it's not real life. It's not normal. Yeah. So when you go outside of that, then you have to kind of learn new skills and just learn to... Um, kind of cope with what's expected elsewhere or different kinds of conversations and I think that like what Darren's doing is really proactive and really just really normal normal that's the word we're normal. for yeah. <laughs> yeah be normal yeah I know uh, so I, I don't know and I think when, when you're injured as well like Dar- for Darren it's so nice to have something outside of it because rugby injuries can be uh, they can be long term and like I found myself in situations a lot where I was out for between 8 and 12 months and for me it was I, feel, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but Felix Jones moved to Limerick uh, to play with Munster and both of us ended up being injured at the same time. And we lived below and above each other in an apartment block. And uh, Felix was playing, learning how to play the Bowron. I was learning how to play the guitar. So we decided to get together with uh, Felix's housemate, Dara, who was uh, a sprinter, who's also injured at the time. We started playing music, and that was where Hermitage Green came from. Wow! And that's that was our Monday nights when we were bored at home after training, and then that became our hobby. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I would never be a musician now if that didn't happen. I would never yeah. be in a band, and I would never have a career outside of rugby. So, so, so Felix brought to you, brought Hermitage Green to a point, it's and another, then you're like, Felix, listen, <laughs> you're done. Uh, <laughs> well, it's another sliding doors moment, man. If Felix hadn't moved to Leinster, if he hadn't, yeah, uh, lear- started learning the bell run, it would never happen. So, yeah, it's incredible. But I, I think, yeah. Keen, I think you need to relax your small bit. But anyway, moving <laughs> moving back into uh, to the Champions Cup, I just wanted to run through a few of the pools there because uh, I find it, as I said, I love this time of year when we start getting into the nitty gritty of uh, who's going to come out on top, where are we going to be looking for home quarterfinals, etc. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, like I said, yeah, Munster 
went to went to cast and uh, it expected it to be gorgeous in south of France, meeting her family, but then her younger brother turns around and tries to eye gouge you <laughs> and uh, her other brother like backflips you over and then the other brother like does a slide and tackle on you you're like what the hell but uh, yeah there was a few incidents in that game wasn't there that the eye gouge did you make much of that? Uh, I think he kind of I don't know he kind of fends him in the face but I don't know if it's a gouge it wasn't gougy enough it wasn't gougy enough yeah it was I think it was just shy of a gouge yeah more schlappy. Which still, to be fair, is still not allowed. No. Not allowed to make contact not with Not allowed to make contact with the face. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, God, I don't I don't. Someone know. was yellow card at the weekend. Glasgow 7, I think, was yellow carded for just a, a bit of a pat in the face. Which yeah. Is fair enough, you can't do it. So yeah. should have been a yellow card. That was one of the ones where should've he... Should have been a yellow card, yeah. Should've well, a, he thought, he obviously, he was getting really frustrated by getting his jersey tugged, mm. <laughs> just being held. Yeah. And that is annoying, to be it fair. Is, and he is. turned around and thought, I have to. I have to hit this guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm at my wits' end. Yeah. <laughs> I have to hit this he guy. Needs, he needs a, a slap. <laughs> he needs a pass. You know how I'll get away with this? <laughs> An open hand. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to lose that mentality totally because yeah. it's it's not worth. It. Maybe stand on his toe. Yeah, yeah. Or just uh, kick him in the shins. Or kick something. him in the shins. I was going to suggest. Yeah, yeah. Or stand on the toe is so nasty. I don't believe there's any legislation in the law for kicking in the shins. Yeah, yeah. So Toe do your worst, shins. ref. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. Um, but yeah, there's going to be an outbreak of, of <laughs> shin kicking shin this kicking. weekend. <laughs> nothing worse than a shin kick. Baz and Andrew ruin so rugby. Big. A rake up the front of your shin. Oh, <laughs> filth. Um, but yeah, that that group uh, pool two. If uh, let's say monster lose away to Gloucester if Exeter be cast in the next round then like it looks like everyone's either going to be on 12 points or 10 points going into the final match how exciting is that <laughs> if you're a fan which we are obviously I'd love to see Munster uh, getting a win over Gloucester and an Exeter but blows pool 2 open uh, pool 1 back to that for a second uh, Toulouse uh, again beat beat the, the well they they actually had a pretty tough game against Wasps um, over there. So Wasps actually could have won that game. They had a, they had a, a decision to... Or they, they they lost the penalty at 29-27 from a scrum, which I thought was pretty harsh, which kind of gave Toulouse the momentum and went on and won it convincingly in the end. But they're beatable. So I think I think Leinster will take them at home, come out top there. Yes, yeah, to absolutely. Take. Also, Intimac... Uh -huh. uh, son of Emil Intimac uh -huh. um, has so many of his father's traits in that he's class but he has zero interest in defending <laughs> he just kind of runs sideways remember in Emil Intimac used to do that and you'd be like anytime he come up against the All Blacks he'd be like nah <laughs> not tackling him and he'd run away and uh, I think his dad's like that's my boy <laughs> <laughs> run run away <laughs> uh, yeah we just ran away a few times <laughs> the weekend zero <laughs> interest so obviously with Leinster as we went through the wraparound play I think they'll they'll surely target him um, oh they'll be wrapping around followers into <laughs> <laughs> bed um Pool three, I was impressed with Saris of the weekend, uh, but I still think Cardiff could have beaten them also. Um, Cardiff, had, I think, had a chance to, to go for three points, similar enough to Munster. Uh, 
Saris had a yellow card, could have gone for the points, would have put them ahead, and they went to the corner, got turned over in the mall, and the game changed. Yeah. <laughs> Momentum yeah. swings, Saris went. Now they're impressive, but again, I wouldn't be overly worried about. About Saracens? Yeah. I, I don't know. Is I that. Th- a I, I don't know. I think Cardiff is actually. Cardiff are a very difficult side to beat. To beat. Ulster struggled against them. Yeah, um, a couple of weekends, a couple of weekends ago, and that was kind of put in context with where Ulster are now at. Mm-hmm. Now at, I guess, as if everything's completely dramatically changed. But yeah. certainly, the form that Ulster were in, five points, um, home and away to uh, to Scarlet. It's the same side that played against Cardiff, and they struggled at home to them. Mm-hmm. So I think Cardiff are actually a decent outfit. Yeah, I think Saracens, to be fair, beating Car- Cardiff home and away is a not an easy feat. Yeah. Okay. All right. Get it. <laughs> Shat all over my point. Uh, Glasgow, however, I'm a big fan of. The Glasgow All Blacks? Yeah, they're brilliant. Yeah. Um, I thought Hastings, you know, started the game, terrible conditions over there, but still just throwing the ball around. Yeah. Um, solid player, good kicker. Yeah. Um, they've got a good backbone through the team. Matawalu. Yeah. Turn it up. Jinx. Yeah. It's <laughs> a great, cool Bland dreadlocks. Yeah. Class. He's got an all that fella. Yeah. So uh very interesting. The Racing Ulster one we went through already. <coughs> um and then to the Edinburgh Montpellier situation. You know, both of them would be kind of the teams I'd be hoping if I was any of the Irish teams that I'd I'd I could potentially come up against one of them. Um not to shite all over them, but yeah, I think Edinburgh they'd be hoping for a home quarter final, but I think they're beatable. Um, you know they've done well in this competition, but they they're beatable. Though I think you might have saw when obviously Munster hammered them a few weeks ago. But mm. I just think Edinburgh, whenever they get their their big names back, mm. they're really decent outfit. Mm-hmm. Again, it's right uh, same sort of point I'm making about Cardiff. Yeah. But I think when they're fully strength, when they're at full strength, they're they're capable of big performances, as we've seen. Yeah. Newcastle home and away. Newcastle, I mean, really up and down. Yeah. Unbelievable first two rounds and then kind of struggled. Yeah. Back to back with Edinburgh. So Edinburgh, they'll, they'll probably beat Montpellier at home. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's round five or round six, but then obviously mm-hmm. Toulon away would be difficult. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, just a quick chat about Connacht. Uh, that is five, six wins in a row. Five, five wins in a row for them. A uh, huge win for them over in Perpignan. Um, Again, like I think the job Andy Friend is doing there is just he's created such a great buzz there. There's a great atmosphere. Um, I think they were in a little bit of disarray under Keane last year. No one seemed to be happy within the club. Um, so it is great, and they've a huge couple of weeks ahead for them now. Getting off the back of all those wins, getting a chance to have a hop off Leinster this weekend uh, down in Galway, and then is in Galway. Is in Galway. Oh, it's in Dublin. Even better. Go to the belly of the beast. <laughs> and, uh, That's the point you were making. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, to play uh, and then up against Ulster the following Ulster, week. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so I can't wait to see those games because obviously the, the Connacht games haven't been televised uh, over the last couple of weeks. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they get on. I just hope we get, for the, those enterprises, I hope we get as many um, fully, fully strength sides as possible. Yeah, but just even like... Even without like with Ulster, you know, I, I look forward to seeing um, fullback or buddy 
uh, oh, uh, Mike, Mike Lowry Mike back Lowry. in the pitch, yeah. and and I'm looking forward to Jack O'Taupe maybe getting a run for for Munster. Looking forward to seeing a lot the the two O'Briens in the centre for Leinster. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing these young lads now that they're establishing themselves. So, mm-hmm. which I think will probably be the uh, the answer. Um, but moving on quickly to our Guinness Made of More Player of the Weekend, and your nominees were Ian Henderson. Huge game for Ulster again. Uh, Connacht Hooker and captain Dave Heffernan leading his side to another win over in Perpignan. Uh, Tyg Furlong, the new uh, Leinster out half. And Munster's CJ Stander. So thanks for all your votes and comments. And the winner is, of Paul O'Connell's teeth, is <laughs> Tyg Furlong. Have we, we haven't actually made <laughs> the teeth. O'Connell's teeth, have we? No. Did James Rand, did he ever get... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll sort that out. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get, give year. us time. Give us time. Yeah, yeah. Tig wins, but I mean, I didn't even think it was Tig's <laughs> best game for yeah. Leinster. He was quiet enough, despite he was just standing in out half, just yeah. swiveling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, was off his game, but it's still the best best player <laughs> yeah, in Ireland yeah. at the weekend. <laughs> it's amazing. He was just swiveling and and <laughs> distributing it. Yeah, for a prop. I mean, what a what a become of the times where are we um, I've never seen a tight head shrivel shrivel <laughs> quite so well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay and finally we've got hashtag ask HOR uh, we put out a shout for Twitter questions using the hashtag ask HOR and here are some of your best ones James Slapman uh, asks are English clubs taking this competition seriously enough or are they far more interested in their domestic competitions I think, think I think their players just don't get looked after by a union so, whereas in Ireland, all the players are released out to the clubs and they are, their game time is managed in England, they just have to keep, <laughs> keep yeah. trucking week in, week out. So, I don't think they, they don't value European Cup. How can you not? It's such mm. a special... It's the best competition, right? It is, yeah. yeah. Arguably, maybe some of the French clubs don't, don't target it, but I think in England, they can see the value of it. Um, I just think... They just don't get the chance to manage their players and get them kind of peaking for European uh, European games. Yeah, fair question. Uh, Chris Long, how do you rate <coughs> Louis Ludic's tackle technique? He can be one of he can be one on one with someone twice his size, but always gets the ankles or knees and man to the ground. Honestly, Louis Ludic is one of the best one on one tacklers I've ever come across. Really, he is brilliant in open space. Yeah, he rarely gets beaten. Does he attack? I remember Felix was really good at this. He used to attack a defender, like if they broke the line and it was one-on-one with a fullback. Fullback would name, normally wait and hunt them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felix used to do the opposite and just attack them and chop them. To trick them, like yeah. almost, um, like so that... They're expecting you to do, yeah. to wait and stand off. Yeah. And you make the decision, whereas he was making the decision for him. Uh, and they yeah. go, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works like every time. <laughs> yeah. Would, would Louis do that or... I don't think so. Louis, I just see Louis all the time, especially when he's at 15, coming across, an, or if he's on the wing from the other side, and he's chased across, and if they've, uh, the opposition have got round 15, and he's coming all the way across, he just seems to read their body language really early. Hmm. I don't think he does that little that little Felix trick. Okay. <clears throat> but he just seems to read their body language and always, always gets a solid shoulder on. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Great player. Good man, Louis. Good man. Great boy. Great boy you are. Uh, Ethan Bracken, best question of the day. Uh, if the Lord of the Rings is used as an analogy for Irish rugby, with the Fellowship of the Ring being the Declan Kidney era, etc., then why at individual roles do the players have 
are the All Blacks the rival and New Zealand itself is Mordor Eden Park being Mount Doom question mark <laughs> so much in there I think you're right man I think okay Declan Kidney definitely being Bilbo Baggins <laughs> the little hobbit man who has the ring now the ring is the power had the ring the power whatever didn't he yeah yeah Okay, I think the All Blacks have to be Mordor, uh-huh. Sauron, the all-seeing eye of of the All Blacks, and yeah. you kind of trying to get there and defeat them. And I've got one. Can I? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, do you know Sean Bean? Remember when he yeah. in the first one? I think it is. He God. goes after he changes his yeah. mind. He becomes bad. Yeah. He's Kieran Bracken. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's so good. <laughs> Take that, Kieran. That is so good. <laughs> For any of you who don't know, Kieran Bracken is Irish, but decided to turn the other turn direction. The, uh, turn to England. Turn turn bad. Turn and bad and try and take the ring. Try yeah. to kill Frodo. <laughs> he he stole the Frodo. He stole the ring, he stole the from, ring from, from Frodo. <laughs> from Frodo being Draco, maybe. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Especially when he had that long blonde <laughs> <laughs> A little bit Frodo esque. Little little fingerless gloves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think like there's got to be a good few hobbits like Raj, be like Sam Wise probably, loyal. Yeah. Besides, Draco. Um, who are the other hobbits? Darius maybe be a hobbit. I think the likes of you and Tommy. Quite, <laughs> I quite know where elvish. this is going. Quite oh, elvish, <laughs> wouldn't you? I thought I was going to be Treebeard <laughs> for a second there. <laughs> John Hayes has got to be Treebeard. <laughs> Slow. Well, I'm mean, all like. I think Dev. I think Dev needs to be three beers. This is more Declan Kidney's era now. Remember, was Dev back in? Listen, the, like, let's not get bogged down <laughs> right, in the okay. details. Yeah. Don't don't shoot that down <laughs> just because he's a couple of years late. Okay, okay. <laughs> Dev three beers definitely. Sorry, of course. Slow a little bit like. But mm. makes 22 tackles. Yeah. It's very effective. Oh, Treebeard kicks ass, <laughs> man, yeah. when he starts yeah. lobbing rocks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, Paulie, probably the, the only ginger, is the Gimli, the little angry dwarf. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. The axe, him. Yeah. Again, I like the fact that you and Tommy were maybe like Legolas, like a little bit like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just what a massive compliment. You reckon Elvish, a little bit. A little bit boring up there, coming from the north, a little bit like... Uh, I see you're trying to water down the compliment, (laughs) but it's too late. I've been complimented already. (laughs) Um, Who else have we got? Name name some other... Gandalf? Oh, who's Gandalf? Um, Sexton? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Although, again, if you're going to be detailed, then the Declan Kidney era era didn't. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it, it's great. I don't know, I'm, I'm running out of Lord of the Rings... I say we wrap it up. People, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Thank you for that brilliant question, yeah, Ethan nice Bracken. One. That was superb. Um, so keep those questions coming, lads. They're the kind of ones we're after. And the rugby ones as well. They're very enjoyable. Uh, this has been a thoroughly enjoyable show. <clears throat> um, so we'll be back on Sunday of next week because, yeah, is that all right with you? Yeah. Yeah, See you, you can there. do Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually, I've got a few gigs this weekend that I'd like to, to kind of promote, if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're playing in Galway on wow. Saturday night, Hermitage Green in the Black Box. If anyone's around, we're at Kilkenny on Thursday night at Lone on Friday. Let's come out and see us. Um, and that's for us. So, Trimby, this has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, here with Joe, together with Guinness. Party on, Baz. Party on. 
You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.